You're listening to Pockets of Pleasure, a weekly podcast to help you to reignite the magic of your senses. Hello and welcome to this week's Pockets of Pleasure. Last week, I spoke about why Pockets of Pleasure isn't an invitation to unrestrained hedonism. And we also delved into the eight senses. If you missed that episode, you can find it by going to thesensorycoach.com forward slash show notes. This week's episode is dedicated to self-compassion and why I believe it's the foundation upon which we can build a kinder world. We'll uncover what self-compassion is, what it isn't and why it matters. Then we'll finish up with a few ideas on how to start practising it. And of course, the weekly pocket challenge will focus on bringing some self-compassion to your days. There's lots to get through, so let's crack on. What is self-compassion? Self-compassion is, quite simply, the act of treating ourselves kindly. It's viewing ourselves through the lens of loving kindness, being gentle with our own psyche and soul, forgiving ourselves for being human and treating ourselves as we treat someone we care deeply for. So why do we find treating ourselves with compassion so hard? We can find compassion for almost everyone else in our lives, but when it comes to us, not so much. We beat ourselves up, we diminish our achievements, we talk about ourselves in ways we'd, hopefully, never dream of talking to others. We can find being compassionate to ourselves difficult for many reasons. It's likely to have been a self-protective mechanism from childhood, something the culture in which we grew up foisted upon us from an early age. Don't get too big for your boots. Who do you think you are? What makes you think you're so special? Don't be so selfish. I'm sure there are a hundred more little digs that taught us from a young age that we don't deserve to treat ourselves kindly, that other people's needs trump our own. It's because of this widely shared childhood experience that, in recent decades, there's been a big drive to increase our self-esteem, as it's become common knowledge that so many of us have been plagued by low self-esteem. But psychologists realised that this drive to increase self-esteem wasn't as helpful as it should have been. Instead, high levels of self-esteem were creating more narcissism, prejudice, discrimination, self-righteous anger and self-absorbed individuals. In other words, it was creating a less compassionate world. If you're a kind-hearted, compassionate soul, the last thing you want to become is one of them, those people that it's easy to perceive as bad. You can see this playing out every day on every social media channel. Virtue signalling seeps under our skin day after day after day and can leave us feeling that we're not doing enough, that we are not enough. Are we eating the best diet for the planet? Are we buying the best products for the planet? Are we part of the solution or part of the problem? Do we believe the right things? It's a lot of big stuff to tease apart and sometimes it's just easier to take the shortcut of agreeing with and joining in with the loudest voices. Every aspect of life, it seems, has become polarised. You're on the right side or the wrong side. You're either with us or you're against us. Opinions are binary, whilst we're encouraged to embrace the diverse and the non-binary. There's no room left to listen and take on board diverse perspectives. It seems that the default setting for 21st century human opinion is judgmentalism, whilst pretending to be anything but, and preaching a just-be-kind message at the same time. The mental gymnastics involved are exhausting. 
How many times have you heard, I'm not being judgmental, but fill in the blanks. We judge others before they can judge us. We deride them as bad and, by default, claim the moral high ground, the badge of righteous goodness for ourselves. But we don't truly believe in our own goodness. How can we, when our harsh inner critic is constantly reminding us about what a crappy person we are? It's an internal tug of war. Whilst the world is fighting this inner battle, truth becomes distorted through the lens of fanaticism. We have to stand fully in our loudly proclaimed beliefs, because otherwise, who are we? Our sense of self is so tied to our zeal that to even consider looking at another viewpoint overwhelms our capacity to function. We have to believe we are good, not like those others. To question our worldview is to push the self-destruct button, or so it seems. And so we cling to our beliefs as though they were a life jacket. But what if the life jackets are filled with lead weights, not keeping us afloat but dragging us beneath the surface? What would it take to cut loose from the thing that just might be drowning us? This polarised toxicity is the backdrop against which we measure our rightness as a human being. Compassion has been squeezed out and, in my opinion, this all stems from our lack of self-compassion. Because self-compassion allows for self-acceptance, it allows us the grace to be wrong or right without our fragile veneer of self-esteem crumbling. It allows us room to listen to dissenting voices, safe in the knowledge that it won't tear the core of our being apart to hear something that challenges us, that makes us consider a different viewpoint, that maybe could even change our mind. As Gina Senarigi says, Using self-compassion doesn't mean letting yourself off the hook for missteps, but owning them and still holding space to love yourself. So much is spoken about self-love these days, but without a foundation of self-compassion, it's disingenuous and it can be a dangerous path because the crucial thing to remember is that without compassion for ourselves, there can't be true compassion for others. As Kristen Neff says in her book, Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself, if you are continually judging and criticising yourself while trying to be kind to others, you are drawing artificial boundaries and distinctions that only lead to feelings of separation and isolation. Dealing with our trauma and shame is required work if we want our children to have a future. To do that, we must first learn to look inwards with compassion before turning outwards. Well, that was all a bit heavy, wasn't it? But we have to look at the consequences of our ingrained behaviours if we're going to change them for ones that serve us all better. I don't think it's going too far to say that life on earth is depending on us finding our self-compassion. Okay. Let's lower the stress levels with a short burst of sound healing. I'm sure we're all ready for that. When we come back, I'll be exploring how we can increase our self-compassion and begin treading the path that will lead to the creation of a better life for all of us. See you in a minute.
Welcome back. In the first segment, we looked into what self-compassion is, what it isn't, and why it matters so much. Now, before we look at how we can grow our self-compassion, I want to explain a little bit about why it's such a key aspect of my philosophy as the sensory coach. Ever since I created the idea of the sensory coach, one of the driving principles for me has been to help other people realise and acknowledge others' differences. As someone who was relentlessly bullied for large parts, both of my childhood and adulthood, I've come to hope that through an understanding of the senses and sensory types, people can develop more compassion for others, but first for themselves. And I know it works because I've seen it in action, first in my own life and then in the lives of many of the people that I've worked with. When I was doing my aromatherapist training, we had to create a blend that would help with anxiety. Anxiety and I have a long relationship. So creating this blend was, in the first instance, I suppose you could say, an entirely selfish exercise. It had to work for me. It became a precious tool in my anxiety kit and I created a little ritual around using it. It was so good that I couldn't keep it to myself, but I couldn't very well call it the CPTSD blend, could I? Considering what it gave me, along with the guiding principles of the sensory coach, it had to be the self-compassion blend. There was nothing else that it could be. It's my signature blend and I still use it regularly. In fact, I'm using it now as I'm trying not to beat myself up about how long this episode is taking me to create. I still have a long way to go in my own self-compassion journey. It's not easy to undo decades of self-abuse, but the thing I realised is that no one else is going to do it for me. All the external praise and kind words in the world couldn't break through the protective but suffocating shell that I'd created. It had to be taken apart from the inside out, and only I could do that. It's a life's work that involves daily practice, but don't let that put you off. It gets easier. And the great thing is, once that harsh inner critic begins to know its place, you become stronger and you start doing the things that you'd never believed you could, like making a podcast. And before you know it, you've got yourself a self-compassion snowball. The more momentum it gains, the more energy you have to give to others, willingly, without feeling put upon or resentful. Because now you're learning about your own real needs and you're making time to meet them. You'll explore boundaries and set them. You'll realise your own worth and you will not want to go back to how you felt before you opened your heart to yourself. Now it's true, other people may struggle with this new version of you, but you'll have the ability to show them compassion. You'll be able to encourage them on their own exploration of inner kindness. And if they continue to treat you disrespectfully, you'll have the inner strength to do whatever needs to be done to maintain your boundaries without crumbling under the worry of what they'll think. That is how self-compassion changes the world for the better. That's why I'm so passionate about it. So how do you begin to cultivate self-compassion in your own life? Shall I tell you a secret? You've already started. These pockets of pleasure you've been looking for and filling, they served a bigger purpose than just pleasure. Cheeky, huh? By starting to look for the moments of joy, you've begun to understand yourself and discover what brings you pleasure. By giving yourself those small moments of respite from the world, you've begun to value your own time. By tuning in to your inner senses, you've begun to listen to the wisdom of your own body. You're already so much further along this journey than you realised. I called the sensory coach methodology the tree of self-transformation. It's got five branches, but it's a circular self-perpetuating system. So the first branch is self-knowledge. The second, self-compassion. The third, self-nurture. The fourth is self-expression and the fifth is self-determination. 
Is any of that ringing any bells? If it is, it's because all of those things are stealthily built into those pockets of pleasure you've been exploring. Now the cat's out of the bag and you know you've already been practising a form of self-compassion. After the break, I'll share a way to dig in a bit deeper in this week's Pocket Challenge. See you in a minute. Welcome back and let's get straight into this week's pocket challenge. Last week you were looking for inner pockets of pleasure by noticing what your inner senses were telling you. This week's challenge adds another element of the noticing to your day which if you make it a regular practice will help you to make your pockets of pleasure even more nurturing. This week as you continue to practice looking for those pockets of pleasure I want you to just take a moment to notice any times where you criticise yourself for enjoying a moment, where you berate yourself for not having a perfect moment, where you judge yourself for wasting time. When you catch yourself in one of these moments of self-criticism I want you to put your right hand on your upper left arm and rub or pat gently. Then I want you to take a deep breath and simply say, I am enough, all the while that you're patting or rubbing your arm. No judgment, no questioning, no exploring where that self-abuse stems from, just a gentle, soothing, loving touch and the reminder to yourself that you are enough. You can do this anywhere, no one will notice. You can even say the words, I am enough, inside your head if you need to. But if you can say them out loud, do. Using your voice is a more powerful experience than saying the words in the confines of your head. Releasing the frequency of those words beyond the inner boundaries of your body is a special kind of empowering magic. So there you go. That's your pocket challenge this week. I'm excited to find out how you get on with this exercise because it's one of my absolute favourites. Now with December almost upon us, I thought I'd create a little gift for you. It's my self-compassion advent calendar and it's a set of 24 printable cards with a different quote about self-compassion on the back. You can hang them on a garland, pop them in a little box or your bag. You might add string to them and hang them all on a hook and take one off every day. It's entirely up to you. They're absolutely free. You don't even have to give me your email address. This is a genuinely free gift. It's, you know, it's just something that I want you to have. Please feel free to share them with friends, strangers, loved ones, anybody. The more self-compassion, the kinder the world. Sharing is caring. (laughs) That's so cheesy. You can find the PDF on the show notes page for this episode. So all you need to do is go to thesensorycoach.com forward slash show notes and click on the link to episode three. 
Okay, my lovelies, this has been a long one, but I hope it's been helpful. In next week's podcast, we're going to be exploring the magic of sound. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which includes the download for the Self-Compassion Advent Calendar, along with a free shipping discount for the Self-Compassion Blend, if you fancy giving that a try, the transcript, a couple of musical treats and some recommended reading. As always, I'd love to know how you get on with the Pocket Challenge. You can find me on Instagram at the sensory coach and you can use the hashtag tsc pockets thanks for spending this time with me i wish you a week filled with not just pockets of pleasure but an abundance of loving kindness towards your beautiful self bye for now